everyone. Welcome to a mostly monochrome edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who sent to you in brilliant four-color CGA. I give you the Brit. It's, huh? You heard me. I'm more than four colors. Well. I'm at least eight. I'm not buying EGA on you. <laughs> oh. It's CGA. Listen, you may notice a change uh, if you were here last week. We spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this is the deal. It's the beautiful, the very colorful Wonder Swan console, <laughs> Braille. Well, colorful, but only on the outside. That's right. But listen, what this made up for in color on the screen, they made up with in many, many colors of the console <laughs> itself. You'll recall when we covered the Wonder Swan color, we were amazed at the sheer volume of different colors that these things got released yes. in. Uh, a ludicrous number of colors for this thing. Now, do you recall, you have a Wonder Swan. What color is yours? Mine's like a, a, a pinkish red, if I remember correctly. A pinkish red? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right. I'm sure they have a great name for that thing. A pinkish red? What, pinkish red, not a great name? Well, you know, it's okay. You know, multicolors, as was the style at the time, and I guess kind of continues to be the style, <clears throat> but uh, uh, far more reserved. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> so, let's talk about the one, the original Wonder Swan a little, a little bit before we get into the games themselves. Now... This was manufactured uh, by Bandai, uh, and is considered a fifth generation release. Uh, this came out in Japan in uh, 1999. The uh, yeah, way not that, it's actually not that far back. Well, I think I, it's just it's hard to imagine. This was a 99 release, and then to think of what we have, you know. On cell phones well, today. Yeah, well, I will say there's. I a, mean, I know it's a whole different thing, but that's there's, just. There's that's a crazy. selling point for these things uh, because in 1999, the introductory price on the original Moniker Wonder Swan, uh, 4,800 yen. Sounds like a lot, but you're talking mm -hmm. somewhere in the ballpark of 40 US dollars. You yeah. can pick one of these things up, which is incredible. <clears throat> these are the kind of things that you pick up on your way out of the grocery store <laughs> in, a, in a blister pack. You know, these things were dirt cheap. Uh, now, there was a follow-up to these when they eventually released a color Wonder Swan, which we covered and, long ago. And by follow-up, you mean <clears throat> almost immediately after. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't... It, to put it in perspective... Although, you know, really, they, they released so shortly after, because it was like less than a year, right? Or just over a year. The Wonder Swan released in '99. The Wonder uh, March of '99. The Wonder Swan color December of 2000. So about a year less than change. yeah. So I really see this more as a <clears throat> alternative to the color Wonder Swan as opposed to the color the color Wonder Swan being an upgrade. Although not backwards compatible. You can play you can play your old black and whites on the color, but not the other way around. Right. And I will say there was one major difference that and one advantage that the Wonder Swan had. Uh the Wonder Swan color uh on a battery would run for twenty hours. Yeah. On the Wonder Swan monochrome on a battery would run forty hours <clears throat> on one double A battery. Yeah. That's impressive. Of course these things weren't what I would call easy to play outdoors, if you know what I mean. No, no, no. This was definitely... It, it suffered from the same fate as the original Game Boy. Uh, you had to have the right lighting conditions. Right, absolutely. Um, now, 
Wonderswan had 109 official releases on it, if you can believe that. The black and white one? The did black it? and white Whoa. one. That, that's by I, itself. I did not know it had. I thought it was more mm. like 40. Now, How can they get 109 games out in, they, in like a little over a year? Well, they did. Um, wow. So I'm sure they kept releasing black and white titles after the color Maybe, one came out. But the color one was so much. I, so, okay. So get this. Uh, the Wonder Swan sold more than the Wonder Swan Color. The original Wonder Swan, 1.55 million units. The Wonder Swan Color, uh, 1.1 million units. Well, that's why you got more games yeah, for the, it. In case yeah. you're wondering, the media for these was a ROM cartridge. Uh, you know, sort of like a Game Boy a cartridge. cartridge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the CPU in this thing was the NEC V30. Uh, and this thing had 512 kilobits at 64K of RAM. So they were not... But I would consider a powerhouse. <laughs> They've got pretty good audio. I will say yeah. that. I was real impressed yeah. with the audio on, on these things. Uh, and uh, I'd say the fidelity, the game quality. Now, so here's the thing before we get into games proper. Okay. Uh, the truth of the matter is that this was a Japanese release. Okay. And so, yes. as such, a lot of the games uh, on the machine are in Japanese. Yeah, well, and so yeah. it limits. That's how it goes. It it makes it hard for a couple good red blooded American boys to get into some of these games. Because I mean, these games are very Japanese. I don't mean the concepts. I mean they're just straight up uh, in Japanese. The writing and some of it makes so and a large chunk of these like adventure games and RPGs. Yeah, and so unless Tactical you find translated yeah. copies, you're sort of boned. And even on games that aren't. There's still uh, some writing that's in Japan, Japanese, and it makes it difficult, doesn't it? You know, I wonder, Aaron. I wonder about the Wonder Swan. Uh-huh, very clever. Um, did this thing ever have a multi-cart? You know, it's funny. I have heard people talk about um, uh, it, it's not a, it's not the kind of multi-cart you'd absolutely want. I think it's a, I think it will hold a certain number of games. I think oh. the guys over Pixel Gaiden seem like they may have one for the Wonder Swan. I want one that has a, a the slide a, a chip in, yeah. you know, do that kind of that kind of deal. Well, they don't have that. Unfortunately. No. Yeah, I mean, you got to think the, the Wonder Swan. It's sort of like the Odyssey too. You've got certain limitations that you that you can't get around. Uh, the Wonder Swan Color, of course, was released uh, to uh, compete with the GBA. If you can believe that. And it doesn't uh, compete with the GBL on a technical level. Okay. Is the Wonder Swan as good as or better than a Game Boy? I think so. I think so. Can you you elaborate on that? Why do you think that? Hardware. Hardware. I think the hardware is very uh, comparable. I think the game output for the Game Boy... Is vastly superior. Well, yeah, of course it was around forever. That was uh, part. Of well, it. Pl- yeah, and it had a it had a ton of hands touch it. Tons yeah. of developers. Whereas the Wonder Swan was very limited. I mean, its limited release obviously meant it was going to have limited game output. But I think from a hardware perspective, I think it's a, a very comparable system. We would be remiss if we didn't mention the fellow that designed the uh, the original Wonder Swan. That was a certain Gumpay Koi. Yes. We mentioned him in the color episode because he he was basically the, he was the king dong of design yes. on this game. He's responsible for a couple things you might have heard of, like the Game Boy and the Virtual Boy, among others. Yes, he was a big wheel at Nintendo. But when uh, the Virtual Boy landed with a thud, 
he sort of kind of walked away from Nintendo in, I don't want to say a disgrace, but he Absolutely felt, not. He felt personal shame for, for having developed a dud. And so the, this was the last thing he de- developed, and it was also, I would call it a nice comeback. Uh, I yeah. think this thing, now, he was in a very difficult spot competing against the Game Boy. You know, he put himself in, the, he put himself in that spot yeah. by making the Game Boy so good. But I, I agree, and the battery life on this thing is off the charts. Yeah, you're not going to actually get 40 hours, but you get plenty. You I get will plenty. say this, though, having, having actually held one of these in my hot little hand. They are. They feel light, yeah. and cheap because yeah. they are cheap plastic, yeah. uh, and that's how they got away with selling these things so cheaply. Is that they were just a very cheap. They're almost like they remind me of like something you pick up, like a, a one of the handheld games you play in the car. In terms of the quality of the bill of the thing, it's just it's not. A, I'm not saying it's going to fall apart in your hands. But, I mean, you don't want to drop it or throw it. Let's just now, that you, I, I feel fairly confident I could break a Wonder Swan. <clears throat> like, just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. you could break one um, easy. But I also think I could put it in my pocket, maybe throw a cloth case around it, put it in my pocket, and it's, it's going to be fine. Uh, under normal circumstances, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So I, I think the build quality, yes, it is absolutely... <clears throat> the plastic is on the cheap side. Um, however, you know, 20 years on, and it's still in perfect condition. So there you go. I'll, I should say that the, the uh, this the Wonder Swan series ran until 2003, so not a huge length on the on the lifespan of this thing. And despite its cheap price and uh, eventually coming out in color, and even having one called the Wonder Swan Crystal, which is a re- you know the, sort of like the top shelf version yes. of the machine. Uh, the uh, Wonder Swan only managed to capture eight percent of the handheld market in Japan. Uh, you could guess who ha- carried the lion's share of that, which yeah. is the big end. And so they basically called it a night, and it pretty much gave it up in two thousand three. There's not much you can do against a well entrenched. Well, the thing is, if they were competing against a crummy machine that was well entrenched, and they could come in with their superior tech, you got something. But when you've got something that's already good. Already established and is not a dud, then you're also not a dud that's not as well established as pretty much bone. Four years, I think, is is impressive. <clears throat> I think four years is impressive. Because I don't. I the, do. The, the, the Game Boy was around for like way longer. Does than it that. matter? Does it matter? I think four years, it, it's less about how long you were on the market and more about how many games you got put out. If you've got a hundred games for your system, uh, and they manufactured the hardware for four years. I call that a victory. I guarantee this made money. I guarantee it. I don't know. A hundred games is uh, for the for the length of the lifespan of your machine. I don't think that's a ton. I think that. Are you kidding? A hundred? That's not Aaron, that many. We review so many systems that have like eight. <laughs> yeah, but are we reviewing bigger duds than one? One? Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying it's the dud to end all duds. I'm just saying. They lost, and they lost badly. Well, that's what I'm okay. saying. Don't defend if the Wonder Swan. If, if you're comparing this to the Game Boy, what didn't lose? Well, everything lost. Okay, so you... Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's, that, hey, there's no shame in being beaten by right. the best boy. But I, call, I call him like I see him. L- loser. No, you're insane. <laughs> so, uh, we were tasked with picking a couple games to play out of the uh, library of the Wonder Swan. Now, we, of course, we were only playing the, on the black and white monochrome yes. version of the Wonder Swan. 
Now, before we get into the picks, uh, did you have any honorable mentions? Did you try? Sorry for the game you picked up. Did you try anything else? On no, no. I, I honestly, I played your game, my game, and that was it. And it's not because I. It's not to disrespect the Wonder Swan. Uh, this was just a busy week for me. I played, it's funny, this pops on the screen. I actually played a, a, a one golf game, which I didn't like. And it, well, I don't think it was this one. And one of the things, a lot of the games, that's the, the, the names are Japanese. So you basically, you look down a list of them, you're just like, I don't know what I'm looking at here. Yeah. So I had to watch some videos of people, you know, playing these games. And I'd pick out two or three that I liked to try. And some were okay and some weren't that good. I ultimately, <clears throat> I will say, I picked this one out of a list of games that I saw. And I actually think this is sort of an intriguing game. I'll go ahead and lead the dance this week. And I should mention, we've never played any of these games, have we? I mean, it's not something we came... Oh, the no. The one's on no. a that we spent a lot of time with. Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, you know, Britt's got one. So, I went with a game called Buffers Evolution. Now, this isn't a game about ring uh, uh, announcers, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, this is a very, I would say, an unusual plot for a game, if you could call this a plot. So, uh, this game, again, Buffers Evolution, uh, published by Bandai and developed by uh, Bandai's uh, Ko uh, Koto Lab, which is basically, that's the company that Gumpa Yukoi started after he left Nintendo, that were also responsible for helping design the the actual, the actual console. Right. Uh, they developed uh, some games for the Wii, uh, Telus Shabai. Uh, they also d uh, did Ghost Panic, uh, Gunpei EX, which we played at Gunpei, a couple other games. So they yeah. had some releases for other systems. <clears throat> um, Buffer's Evolution uh, was released in Japan December 9th of 99. Uh, and I, this would be considered a, I would call this a, t a time based platform racer. Uh, which is, I'm going to get into that, what that means, because that's sort of what this is. Uh, but let's get into the back. I thought of a different name for it, but we'll go ahead and go with your name for now. We're going to get into backstory here uh, on this weird game. So this, this game starts out with a scene of a junkyard, and this big like UFO thing comes through, and it basically pulls out what looked like, I can only describe as like three partially uh, not complete bodies, like of these different creatures, okay? I'm just going to go with that. It sounds weird, it is. And a bunch of junk. <clears throat> and so as far as I could tell the premise of this, I, I got on Moby to confirm, because he's got, because again, all the all the uh, documents and stuff, and all the, and the rule book, everything in Japanese, so I had to make this up. And uh, Newsflash, a lot of these games did not get any coverage. Oh, I had a yeah. heck of a time finding anything on this game. Uh, so, at least, yeah, coverage we can read. According to what Moby's got written, in a post-apocalyptic future, a gambling syndicate seeks to make a quick buck in the gritty remains of Earth. By fusing the best of animal and mechanical traits, they create three bestial androids from a bird, a lion, and a rhinosaurus. A rhinosaurus. A rhinoceros. Bets are taken, and then the robots are uh, let loose in hostile mazes of scrap metal on old Earth. And they try to finish them as fast as they can, which is pretty much what you get from the opening. They basically show these robots being assembled, and then you've got your three choices there. So, I know this sounds like an odd premise for a game, and it is. Uh, what you've got here is a game where you pick uh, a, you pick an, an animal, a racer, if you will, and their three choices are Simba, 
He's the lion type racer. That's of course his name. he is. Shaw guy is a guy like that's like a human hawk hybrid. Remember Hawk on Battle, on uh, Buck Rogers? He's a lot like that guy, except he's more Looks hawk. like a chicken. And then he's not a chicken. He looks like a chicken. And then you've got uh, Boma. He's the uh, uh, rhino. And he just looks like a human. These are all humanoid-looking animals. Okay? So they've got human bodies with the animal head. And, you know, that's, that's what they look like. So once you pick your animal, then it's time to pick your track. Now, <coughs> you've got... Nine, you've got nine different levels you can choose from. Yeah. They're listed A through C and one, two, three of each level, okay? They range from, they range from not that difficult to pretty difficult, I would say. I've, I've managed to beat the hardest one yeah. because this game is not the kind of game where you get killed, which is nice. You can't, I <clears throat> did confirm you can die. I've never died in the I, game. I had to try, yeah. but you can die. You must have really got smacked. <laughs> so, uh, this game starts you out. Uh, at a certain, at the very beginning of the level, it will give you a map of the level. Okay, like an overhead view. It's worthless. And you can pull the map up. <laughs> no, you can pull the map up at any time you'd like. By yeah. the way, during the game, it's worthless. Well, I mean, it's uh, it, it is what it is. <clears throat> and so once it's once the game starts, you are running. Okay, your your whatever creature you pick is running across the screen uh, from left to right. Now, not always, of course. Sometimes they they go the other way. Now, as you run across. You've got two buttons. One button is just straight up jump, okay? The other button activates your special power, okay? Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, They all have the same power. Well, no. They they all do, but they don't. If you hit the button at the beginning of the game, basically, your creature morphs into, like, what looks like a pair of double-headed clippers. Like some kind of shears, yeah. It's a very stupid thing to do. I don't know why that's what they chose, but that's what they did. As you run through the game, you're going to come across various creatures, and you can jump on top of them to get some air. It usually takes a couple shots to kill them. But the the name of this game isn't necessarily killing the creatures. As you run through the game, you're going to come across these glowing, like, orbs or portals with numbers in them. One to ten, okay? <clears throat> you can run through this level and not pick up a single one of those if you want and finish and finish the level with a time. Yep. Because your run is time. Think of this like a race, okay? However, uh, the, the more of these things you get, the better off you are. And if you get all ten uh, in, in a level, you will unlock that level's special power, Okay. Each level has uh, one special power, and each level also has a couple secret pickups that you can get yeah. that, to unlock another secret power. Okay? When you unlock a power, it's permanent. You can use it, and you can use it across any of the guys you pick anytime you want. And you can have, you can load up to two powers. <clears throat> the power, I only managed to unlock a couple powers. Yeah. Uh, but the powers are tricky to use, which I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, once you go through the level, if you manage to pick up all, if you manage to cross through the threshold of all the numbers, it will tell you what you, all the numbers will flash on the screen at the end when you get to the finish line, or it'll tell you the ones you missed. Maybe you missed two and seven, and they won't flash. It'll also tell you the secrets you got. The secrets accumulate over as you get more. So, and I think once you get three, that's when it, it actually activates a, a, a hidden item. Um, that's the game in a nutshell. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but the levels are really long. 
sometimes you can get to a level, if you're really good early on, like I managed to get to the first level in, in like a four and a half, five minutes. Oh, gosh. Mm. I did it like two and a half. But that's, three and get, a half. that's getting everything, yeah. plus all the secrets, right? Um, you can get through real quick if you just ignore all that stuff, but then that's, that's lame, you know? Um, <clears throat> the game never really ends, except for what Brad said. When, it, when you get hit by a bad guy, you can take a ton of hits. Uh, and honestly, what will happen is, after a while, your robot will start sort of shimmying and and uh, uh, change colors, and it will slow down. And occasionally, we'll just like, in the middle of a jump or something, he'll just like transform on his own. He'll just he'll get yeah. electrified, look kind of pissed off. You must have really had to get him hammered to get him killed because I never got I to kill one. Time. Well, I. I my goal was to see if you could die. Yeah. And uh, if you, at the very top of the screen, to limit how high you can go, there's a, yeah. a an electrical line. Uh, that in tandem with bouncing, not bouncing off enemies, but running into enemies and then purposely running into their explosions, you can take enough hits to die. But yeah. it's, it's, it's very difficult. I'm sure... Um, there might be some enemies that are more deadly than others, but for the most part, dying is not your, your I went, concern. I went to the last most difficult level, and I, I got yeah, through I it. Too. So I did as well. well. Yeah. This isn't. This game is sort of. It's a very unusual game. I don't know if I've played a game quite like it. If I'm honest, it sort of has a Sonic-y feel to it in a, in a way, uh, in the way the levels are set up. Because you often will, if depending on. You don't know where the numbers are, and so often you'll backtrack and you'll purposely go into areas that you know you don't have to go. You know, does that make any sense? Like you'll fall off a bridge you can jump across just to get down underneath the bridge to look around. Yeah, yeah. It, there's <clears throat> so an exploration. It's an element. It's got to be one of the very rare games that is a time-based race game with exploration elements. I mean, that, that's got to be an unusual. I'm not sure I can name another one. Well, that's like that. Here's the whole. Here's the loop of the game. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I don't think you're you're putting it out there quite right. Oh, you don't like my description? What do you got? No. The the name. The whole objective of the game is play through once, collecting all of the uh, parts, all of the evolutions, all of the transformations. Because what the transformations do is either gives you better mobility. Or more speed, at least all the ones I picked up. Well, that's okay. debatable in itself. But we'll go ahead, because the 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 transformations also can just really be a pain in the butt. No, <clears throat> the whole point of the game is you play through it the first time, explore, you get all of the things right, and then the rest of your gameplay loop is seen if you can work out the best path, the fastest path to keep beating your high scores. Because it lists five high scores per board. So obviously it's a high score game. And you cannot beat the levels as fast without transformations as you can with transformations. For example, uh, the, the very first level, the very first thing you get, turns you into a unicycle. I'm not kidding, you're a unicycle. Yeah. With like whatever your animal head is on top. And the unicycle goes about 25% faster than your normal run speed. Now, the second evolution is you turn into a glider. Um, and you think, oh, that gives you jump mobility. No, it makes you about 50% faster, and you do have the ability to fly a little bit 
It's very awkward flight. Think like um, Cape in Super Mario World. It's that kind of thing. I hated the glider. It was almost... I had all kinds of trouble using the glider. But you have to collect that stuff to collect all the other things to get more upgrades to get faster. So there is a method to their madness here. Is it a fun gameplay loop? I didn't think so. And I think the main reason why it's not a fun gameplay loop is the levels are nearly nonsensical. Uh, There's a whole lot of just random floating platforms. There's a whole lot of zigzags where you have to climb up a tower to go down a tower to go back and then go under a, a bridge or something. Like, that's the level completion. Maybe, I didn't play the whole thing, maybe there are other transformations that allow you to skip that kind of nonsense. Um, but I didn't find the gameplay in this overly intriguing. When you when the game very first starts out, when you run, it's slow. It's not painfully slow, but it is right on that border. Imagine in, say, Super Mario World, going through the game, but never using your run button. That's about your your starting speed. Now, once you get the unicycle and the glider and stuff like that, you start moving at a decent clip. It's kind of like holding down the run button in Super Mario Brothers. Uh, but with that, there's dangers because you have to avoid obstacles. You have to... Uh, Sometimes you have to turn around real quickly, which some of the things, like the glider, I don't think it can turn around, can it? It's not easy to control. Yeah. Uh, So there's trade-offs to your speed. I get what they're going for, and I think this would be a really nice game having to see it upgraded uh, in a more modern graphic setting with more modern level ideas. Uh, But as it is right now... I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. <clears throat> I uh, I agree with some of what you said. All right. I think I don't think it's that bad to start off with. I actually kind of I enjoy the idea of uh, racing against the clock, getting a, a fast time. Yeah, there's I nothing wrong with that. Adding the exploration elements fun. Yeah, the levels are I mean they're vast, full of caverns and and tunnels. You can break through rocks in some areas and get oh, the that's and get the annoying. Stuff. But I mean it's. Breaking through rocks, I never really got the technique to do it with any sort of efficiency. Uh, it was real difficult. One of the big drawbacks, that, and this is, I guess this is sort of a drawback from the Wonder Swan, is that when you pick these up, when you start the game, you pick two powers. Now, you can pick no power to just have that weird little double uh, double blade thing that you turn into. But when you pick two powers, for example, I, I had the glider, and I had, I picked, got up the ninth power, which was a, a, a sort of a hovering platform you can get on. Yeah. You can cover through the whole game with it. Uh, that's It's slow. Yeah, but the problem with slow. these is, is when you access these powers, you cycle through them with one with one button, and cycling through the powers is confusing, and you... It, Not confusing. It was... It was, it was it, 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 when you're in a tight situation, you want to switch something real quick, I kept switching to the wrong thing. It drove me nuts. And I read some reviews, and they, and they echoed that cinema that, that the power, the way you pick your powers, could be a, that could be implemented better. Well, I think the, the the whole concept with that though is you have the power now. Does it fit the board that you're playing? Because, like you said, you you have options 
for what powers you can take. And I think it's all about figuring out what goes with what board and how you can use those to get through the fastest. I, what, I think the biggest control faux pas is the slide. Yeah, it's very difficult to activate when you want it to. And yeah, sometimes you just stop. You have to basically like jump, and then you can slide. That's the that's the only it's way I can real, get it to fall off. The slide, the the uh, the breaking of the rocks, uh, is difficult. Yes, it, it's funny because otherwise the control I found pretty good, but there were a couple elements. There's the three elements: switching of your weapons, the sliding, and the breaking of the rocks are all difficult for me. And I will say, needlessly, the, the thing that you turn into originally that sucks. And it's also it's once you turn into that, it's really hard to figure out what's going on because it, it's it's at an angle. It's just weird. It doesn't like you turn into a. It's instantaneous and goofy. They could have come up with something better. I agree. This game could be remade, and there's a lot of potential in a game like this. Yes, including what would be great would be simultaneous two player races. Now that would be real fun, you know what I'm saying? Where you both compete at the same time, with just I mean, not, you both have your own world, but side by side. Yes, that well, would be a lot of fun. There's a modern game called Speedrunners. Yeah, that kind of goes off that concept, um, where the goal is to race so fast ahead of the other person that they're off the screen. Yeah, it's actually really fun, uh, and you have your you can pick up powers, and it has things like. Uh, rope swings, grappling hooks, and speed boost, and things that slow you down. Uh, it, it's, but that's it's different from this. Yeah. Because with speedrunners, the goal isn't. There's no exploration. Once you learn a level, you you kind of you know. There's no learning it again. There's no finding things to upgrade. Uh, because it's a solely multiplayer game. I still think there's fun to be had with this one. I, I think do it's too. definitely worth trying out. Because of it, it's, I mean, it, I don't think I've played a game like it. It's no, unique. It's very unique. Uh, it looks nice. The it what looks music very is nice. in it. It's pretty decent. Yes. Because uh, uh, the Wonders One has surprisingly decent sound. Uh, the graphs, because I played the simulator, but the graphics were sharp. Everything looked good. Uh, and so I'm going to give this one the thumbs up. I did look up some reviews uh, on this and actually. Solid six out of ten. Yeah, but that's still a thumbs up. Yeah, no. Uh, it, Pocket it's... Magazine, uh, November 25th of 99, gave this 80%. Planet Wonderswan, uh, 2004, gave this a 77%. So not not horrible. Uh, no, contemporary that, review, yeah. mostly contemporary. Uh, we did get a, uh, a review of this for our good buddy Pajaco. He took a look at it. He said, a technically impressive game with awesome music and probably some of the most dull gameplay I've ever, ever experienced. Whilst I want to get the end of the level to see what happens, there never seemed to be any kind of urgency. And I seem to be able to turn into a pair of scissors, but I don't know what, but <laughs> to what end, I don't know. I can imagine that this would have worked really well with lots of speed on a TV-based console and would have been a little like Sonic the Hedgehog, but naturally because of the blurry refresh rate on the Wonder Squad, the game has to play quite slowly. Weirdly to me, this seems more like a cut-down running gun that was paired back at some point to become what it is now. Definitely worth the play just to hear the soundtrack, but honestly, for me, it's just not fun enough to keep me hooked. Five out of ten. I think that's. Uh, I think that's fair. I don't agree with the fact that there was. This was never a running gun. I can tell you that right now. Uh, they knew what they were doing here. They were, and this is a. That's what makes the game unique. It's a it's a exploration race game. There can't yep. be too many, uh, and it's a, it gives you. Uh, I do like how the technique points at the end tick down. 
Yeah, ever so slightly, just to keep you kick you into in the hiney as you as you leave. Yeah, the you game. get ranked for how well you do a board. What it's based off of, who knows? Magic yeah. Japanese science. Oh, uh, but it. I'm sure that is also an aspect of the game someone could play for. How do I get my technique to a hundred? So you yeah, know, the, if I, that's your thing, I uh, um, I think it's a, a, it is a very Japanese game yeah, for absolutely. sure. But I will say. Uh, in closing, that this is a game that you can play without knowing any Japanese. There's, as yes. far as I can tell, there was no Japanese. You can't read the manual, uh, but you can absolutely. And I'm sure there are parts, of the elements of the game that we don't know. No, I doubt it. Uh, but uh, I, I, uh, I couldn't make anything out of. It. But I mean, it's, this is entirely in English. I did eBay, look this up on eBay, and see how what it was looked going for. Uh, if you want the cartfish, you're looking at 36 bucks. By the way, these are all coming from Japan. And if you want the completed box version, uh, you can get it for fifty dollars. So there you go. You know, if this, if I saw this setting on a um, swap meet table or a uh, yard sale or something, first of all, I'd be surprised. Second of all, I would be stunned if I saw that. If, if it was sitting there for say ten bucks, yeah, I'd grab it. Oh yeah, I'd yeah, grab it. absolutely. And by the way. These games probably didn't sell for any more than that back in the day. So, probably not. You know, they're going from one on. So, again, that was uh, my game this week. Now, let's, now Brent, you picked something uh, a little bit uh, more uh, down a well-trodden path, I would say. What do you got for us this week? Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the full name. because no, I wanted to hear you. No. Nope. Uh, but I did Rockman and Forte. And this is, um, well, it's a Mega Man game. Rockman, Japan, Mega Man, the North America. And, uh, yeah, let's just get into it, Aaron. Let's get into it. Yeah, go ahead. This was uh, not popular among fans of Mega Man games, and I think I know why, but we'll get into some of the particulars first. Uh, You play... Apparently, Mega Man and Forte is a thing. Like, they have... Uh, comic books and different games involving these two pairs. Are you going to explain who Forte is? I don't know who he is. You okay. tell me. I thought you knew. Nope. Alright. No, but they have... They Well, it's Zero over here. Uh, yeah. Zero over here. Uh, I'm not the biggest <laughs> Mega Man fan. So I, don't, I, don't I, I... Base. Yes, thank you. Uh, one of our, our chat guys helped me out. That's our chat guy. Um, this is... I, I'm a Mega Man fan I, from the NES days. Some of the and Mega Man X series, not really my thing. Not saying they're not good games, just not my thing. I like NES Mega Mans. This is not an NES Mega Man. First off, uh, while you do have the ability to play as one of two characters, uh, Mega Man has a charge-up buster and the slide where Forte has uh, a dash, a double jump, and, Rapid fire. and can shoot in eight directions rather than just yeah. forward like Mega Man. It's like Turrican. <clears throat> um, but, of course, his shot is a lot weaker. That's cool. That aspect of the game, very nice. Uh, you have multiple robot bosses to fight. Just a quick rundown. You've got... Uh, Dangan Man, which roughly <laughs> roughly translates into like a, a cyclone type, a wind type guy. Uh, Corn Row, Corn Row, 
which is a fire guy. You've got Aircon, which is some kind of flame arrow guy. Isn't that a movie? You've got Komuso Man, uh, which is like a uh, uh, typhoon, I suppose. Uh, Clock Men, not man, Clock Men. Uh, Of course, he has time power type stuff. And Compass Man, which I thought was the most unique of the bunch. He's got Compass Man. He's never lost. (laughs) I need him in the last game. Who, uh, uh, his weapon is a compass, but more like a spinning top type thing? I don't know. Um, You don't fight Dr. Wily in this. Sorry to spoil it for anyone who is plans on playing it. There is no Dr. Wily fight. You you fight to the end. Uh, you kill the evil possessed guy. He runs off, or his spirit leaves his robot body, and it just ends. I I was shocked. Did you I beat the game. No, oh. no. But I did play. I did watch a full playthrough. I was shocked there, when you said that. I was like, holy crap. There's a reason beat. I didn't play through all this. Um, this is one of the Mega Man's that has a item shop where you can pick up bolts and you can uh, use them to buy mostly one-use items. Of course, you also have some of your uh, add-on attachments that you can buy as well, uh, sort of like previous Mega Man games. How does this differ from Mega Man? You don't pick what robot master you're going to fight. You Well, you do, but you don't. It's not set up in the traditional 3x3 uh, three three grid where you pick a face and you play that guy's stage. It's a map system where you gain access to some of the robot ma- masters, then you fight a, the robot master in the middle, and then you can pick from a couple other ones, which is odd for a Mega Man game. Um, you do have a mid-boss in every level. Huge thumbs up for that. I love mid-bosses, and the mid-bosses are fairly interesting. Uh, in fact, they're they're better than some of the main bosses in some cases. The big problem with this game is it controls like poop. <laughs> um, you, And if you just watch the video, you can't understand how awkward it feels. Yeah, it looks great when you I was sitting there watching, it's like, man, the graphics of this are great. You, yeah. When you get hit, first of all, you get hit and you've got that fallback animation, you that. become invincible. I hate that. Right. That that that's fine. That's pretty Mega Man-ish. But it your recovery takes forever. Yeah. Forever. You fall back, right? And you think, okay, now I can start going again. And then there's like two more frames of animation, but it takes like a half a second. And in a Mega Man game, you get shot or hit a lot. So you <laughs> see this animation a lot. And it's so jarring, the gameplay. It's so, it takes you out of it so hard. Another thing. Yes, Mega Man's always had pits, you know, death pits. And uh-huh. it's always had one-hit spikes. Uh, that's fine. Guess what? They overuse the heck out of them in this thing. And they are all almost always placed where you have to slide under them or you or dash through them if you're if you're playing Forte. And it's so awkward. 
it, it something that should be just bam, 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 you're just going. It's so awkward to do. The shooting is fine. I mean, you hit the button, you shoot, it, all that, you charge up, all that feels natural, it feels good. But every other aspect of this game just feels so awkward. And you experience the same thing, right? It's funny. It's not, I, I just want to make sure I didn't have a poor emulating experience, although I did it on two systems, because when I first played it, it was so off, I thought, this cannot be how the game plays. So I went and loaded it up on a different emulator, and I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> it's funny, the first two, I, I you know, this game, I, I'm not the biggest Mega Man guy, but I've had right. a run on the NES and stuff. I know a little something-something, right? <clears throat> and if I loaded this up, and it's so frustrating, and the things that you said are the exact same things that I hated. I hated the way you got hit. Yeah. It was, it was not always irritating, <clears throat> and take, took forever, but it, it was, it would get you killed. You're just like, oh, God, it's, and then the spikes are everywhere, yeah. and, the, and the one hit kill spikes sucks. That sucks. And they're hard to avoid. Like, they're not the easiest things to slide under. I did not get very far. I tried both guys. Yeah. I just, and when you get killed, it starts you over. Brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, there's, a, the checkpoints are after you meet, beat the mid-bosses. Yeah, so, Doing the same bit over and over. The game is cheap. I mean, also, yeah. it's just, it's cheap. It's got guys, enemies come right up on you, and stuff is just at the right height to make it real hard for you to shoot it right, you know, easily. I thought it was a poorly, this is hard to say, but I thought this was a poorly designed game. Well, like, I think they had, the graphics look good. I like the audio. I like the other guy, Forte. I, I, I liked him more than I did... Rockman or Mega Man's because I thought he was just an interesting, cool-looking guy. I liked his powers. I liked his abilities. They made things a little bit easier for me. Uh, but it was just, I I thought this was a huge, how did they get this, how did this not get caught when they were doing uh, the, you know, checking for screw-ups? I mean, they could have fixed these easily and made this a, probably a much better game. Yeah, and, and, and don't be confused. Uh I mean, Mega Man, or Mega Man is a hard game. It's designed to be a hard game. I don't have any problem with a hard game. This game is a hard game due to its level design made into a crap game due to its controls and just moving, transversing the screen. It's so awkward. Did you have trouble sliding? All the time. So what is it with both our games? Can they, Why is that element so difficult? My God. You would think down and jump and you would slide yeah. and it would be awesome. It never worked that way. It always felt awkward. Um, it did have one cool aspect where uh, sometimes you play the game vertical. You actually turn the Wonderswan 90 degrees and the screen is, uh, you know... Uh, Portrait. That's a neat instead element. Of landscape. Yeah, the Wonders One has that ability where you can play both ways. Yeah, it only mm. does it once, which I thought was odd because I think it's a very fun, neat concept. I, I wish they would have explored it more. But um, yeah, this I, I want to like. I like Mega Man, and this is a Mega Man game. If this had solid controls, I would absolutely thumbs up, recommend it. Yes, it's hard, but that's just what you're getting into, but it just felt so sloppy. And the innovative robots, um, the mid-bosses, 
had a lot of fun variations, but for the most part, there wasn't a whole lot here. What can you tell me about the developer of this Layup KK? Because that's an unusual name, and I'm surprised it was Capcom just like lending out their stuff or what? Do you, what I, do we, I don't know. I don't understand how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had just out of curiosity, Aaron. Which did you play more, this or the other game? Oh, I played my game way more than this one. Yeah, this because this game was so hard. I couldn't get anywhere. This game... The other I, one, you can't die. This one, you can't not die. This game was frustrating. Yeah. The other game was kind of boring, right? And, and that's fine. Sometimes you get boring games. But this game was frustrating to the point where it wasn't fun. And that is a much bigger sin to commit in game development when your game is frustrating. I don't mind things being hard and I feel like I'm getting better. I never felt like I could overcome the control issues in this game. I, this game is one, of the wor- it, one of the worst offenders. This reminds me of when we played Super Burger Time, all right? Yeah. And, I, and, and here's why. There's a great game, I think, lurking amongst this what's in here. But it, we were robbed of it, and it pisses me off. Because yeah. this, this is a real outstanding-looking tire. Yeah, it sounds nice. I'll, Mega Man's cool. Everybody likes him, you know. He's got a buddy. You know, but they just dropped the ball from a design perspective on this, and that's frustrating to me. Yes. And, I, and I also had read that I had a feeling you might pick this, and because I'd seen it as well. I was like, oh, a Mega Man game. And I had read reviews of this, and they were killing it. And I'm like, wait, but this looks okay. Yes, you know? it looks it looks great. It yeah. sounds great. It just plays like trash. Yeah, um, we did get a review. If you're interested, uh, our buddy Pajaco chimed in. He says, "Okay, it's fessing up time. I've never really played any of the Mega Man series of games. Oh, I've tried a few times because everyone raves about how good they are. But honestly, these are not for me. I understand, Pajaco." This one in particular has a couple of game design no-nos for, for my book. Number one being, you don't make the player start the level over, which sounds familiar. <laughs> in this day and age, I have limited time. I want to spend it playing the same level over and over, slowly learning through mistakes as secondary Although deaths. that is a Mega Man thing. A couple of learning mistakes that's back to the start of the level for you. Technically, this game is quite impressive for the one that's one who plays well, so if you like Mega Man games, this one is definitely worth the play. But if you're like me and you just don't get on with them, then this one is probably best avoided. Five out of ten, uh, the brand. So yeah, I, I would actually rate this lower. I wow, mean, maybe full on burial. If you see the video and you're intrigued, that's cool. Maybe you can get a better grasp on the controls than I did. Although it seems to be universal in, in that kind of hate. Um, Although, something else I wanted to mention, right away in the game, yeah. you're accosted by this bug, and then eventually a couple of these bugs. Yeah. These things are so, right away, they're so hard to shoot, these things, and they're t- you have to hit them multiple times. They don't give you any sort of time to get your feet wet in this. It's well, like instantly throws but you that's in. Mega Man. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> now, uh, there are... But, I mean, that's a lame excuse. There Do are, better, Mega Man. If that's your thing, God, you have to be so hard to get into. There are uh, screen transitions in this game because it's a running gun. I, you know, I did a horrible job explaining this because I feel like everyone's played a Mega Man game, but clearly not everyone has. This is a running gun where you get to certain points and then there are screen transitions. Um, 
then that, that's that's a staple of Mega Man. Some of the screen transitions cause unavoidable damage. Uh, either you will trans, trans screen transfer into an enemy, uh, or you will screen transfer into a projectile. Your projectile can actually go from one screen to another screen transfer. That's uh, that unless that happens in later Mega Man, that is not how it normally goes. Um, there are tons of collectibles in this. Uh, for better or worse, you can have up to eight men if you collect or buy them, which that's fine. But again, they couldn't lock down the controls in this, and uh, the game's just unplayable because of it. Just a, a huge missed opportunity on this. This game, Aaron, goes for a lot of money. I had no doubt. On uh, that. If you want just the cart. Loose carts go for about sixty-five bucks. Yeah. Uh, full box instruction manual, the whole nine yards. You're looking at a cool one forty. Wow. So one forty. You know, before we uh, take, before we finish up on the Wonder Swan, uh, Brent, I, I did look up what if you wanted to purchase a Wonder Swan monochrome version, what you were looking at, and the prices on this thing are really, I mean, they're really weird. I saw uh, some sell for fifty bucks. I saw some okay. sell for a hundred dollars. I saw some sell for upwards of one hundred and fifty dollars. Color rarity. Color rarity's got to be it because otherwise they're pretty much all the same. Yep, guarantee now, it's color rarity. If you're going to pick up a Wonder Swan, really the black and white, which is it's funny because these things used to be really cheap. Uh, I guess they're in short supply. Uh, if you want to get a Wonder Swan, I would not get a Wonder Swan uh, monochrome. I would go ahead and get. If you can get the crystal version, that's the way to go. But yeah. certainly the color. Now, it, just because you, it gives you the option of playing the color games. Now, I will say, uh, we looked over the color offerings, and there aren't tons and tons of those that an English player can easily yeah. play either. There's a, a hand, lot of RPGs. There really is a handful. We played a couple. Final Lap, I think, was yeah. one we did. Uh, I can't recall the other one, but uh, the... Gumpay. Gump, yeah. yeah, that's right. Gumpay, the puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great game. It's a good game. But the bo- and Final Lab is okay. But, but I guess what I'm saying is the Wonder Swan, this is one, if you're looking at Japanese handhelds uh, and trying to decide what you want to get, you know, the more exotic stuff, and don't pick this over, say, a, a Neo Geo Pocket, for example. No. That, that's a bet. That's got more offerings than a, a, someone that speaks English would be in, get into, yeah. although it's got still Japanese. Of course, the Neo Geo Pocket was released in the States, yeah. so you've got extra things. This never got released out of Japan, so you that's why you got what you've got. But, I mean, it's an interesting console. I like the battery life. I like the fact that it was so cheap. This is truly a, a, a little console for the people, uh, yeah. Brent. And so, if you know, getting one is a novelty. What the heck? That's the way I look at it. We may come back around, circle back around, and try a couple more of these someday. Speaking of a novelty, Brent. Oh, you, you, you had the perfect... Speaking of circling around, there you, you didn't go. take it. We can use both. It's wheel No, time. it's too late. You've blown it. Crank it up, Brent. So what do we got this week, my friend? All right, Aaron. We have added the Neuron, suggested by Kit, N-U-O-N. How would you pronounce oh, the that? Neur- the Neuron. All right, fair enough. And on the Retro Rewind, PlayStation. PlayStation 1. Great. Great. That sounds good. It's simple. Fire it up. We had a good time the last time we did PlayStation, I'm, I might add. Try not to throw pieces all over the wheel, all over the place here. Here it comes. Don't, don't destroy the wheel. There you go. Wow. 
What a letdown. <laughs> and the winner is that was horrible. Arcade bootleg. Arcade. Arcade Suggested bootleg. by Pajaco. Okay. Arcade bootleg. We have we never played arcade bootleg. We before? have not. Well, oh, that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting category. That'd be a lot of fun. You want to set any uh, parameters up on that? Has to be in the arcade. Okay. Fair Has enough. to be a bootleg. Hey, listen. Before we go, just a couple little uh, bits. Well, thank everyone that uh, checked out our last episode, which was uh, g- games for girls. Games marketed toward girls. For some reason, this turned out to be one of our all-time most popular episodes on YouTube. Uh, it's done very, very well for us uh, and has entered our top three, which is stunning to me in one week. So I appreciate everybody for checking that out. We've got some really interesting feedback, including feedback from actual girls who had something to say about it, which was pretty cool. And another fellow who chimed in and said that thanks that he was he was appreciative that I like Nancy Drew because he was a guy he'd got drawn in a very similar way. Well, that's so. odd. You forgot to mention what the girl said. Well, I mean, she, we, it was a long conversation. I uh-huh. wanted to bring it up. Yeah, her favorite game, her first favorite game was a Pac-Man clone. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I, she's a, she's a good chick. She's about, we yeah, call she, that justification. She sided with you. You're, she's the only one. But anyway, anyway, thanks for checking that, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, Brent, before we take it to the house, we should probably mention a little something coming up in just a couple weeks. Holy smokes. We've talked about it forever, but it's finally it's finally happening, Brent. It's a little thing I like to call it Boat Fest. Uh, it will be happening uh, J- Friday, June 24th, and Saturday, June 25th. Uh, it will be a two-day event at the Holiday Inn Express in beautiful and scenic Tays Valley, West Virginia. Uh, you can get all the information uh, on for bo- at boatfest.info. Yes, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'll be there. Brent will be there. Boat of Wait, course will I'm be going? there. Oh yeah, you got to oh, go. Someone's right. got to work the door. And of course, Jack Flack will be there. <clears throat> Plus, many many uh, luminaries in the field. Our good buddies. Uh, we've got uh, folks coming in from Canada. Canada? Of, yeah, all sorts of uh, our buddies who are also. Uh, streamers and, and technicians of repute, and uh, we've got people coming in from Team Speaker regulars. We should have a good time. Uh, the events are listed on the uh, webpage. Uh, tickets are available. Again, this is for a uh, June 24th and June 25th, just a few short weeks. And Brent, we'll be actually doing this very show live at Boat Fest, which would be kind of fun. <clears throat> We're going to try to come up with something interesting. Uh, to do a, a little special thing because this will be our first time performing the show in front of an audience, a studio line. I'm, I'm scared. You are? Is that why you're so staged? I just thought you were zonked out. You do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, anything you want to talk about before we, uh, or any new additions to the Patreon family? Yes. Like we have a new Patreon that I, uh, he came in late, super oh, late. You know what that means. But <laughs> we will get him in the video for next week. Uh, pretzel, the KZ9 Zap. Pretzel, pretzel. What'd I say? You said pretzel. Well, I'm hungry. What? <laughs> Listen, after Hermes last week, get it right. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank you very much for your support. Uh, we will be sure to load you up on an asteroid and, and shoot you many times. Oh, man. You, no, you got to come with a whole new bit. Oh, that, no. That takes 10 to 15 hours to make. No, no. That's, that's the Brent way. No. Pencil's in here right now. Hey. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. See, he answers the both. Yeah, right. You should answer And also, but he, I bet he's soft and salty. Yeah, I'll go. He'll be at both, but you can ask him, right, you can ask him in person. 
Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week with Arcade Bootleg. Until then, have a good week. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Parkbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Raw, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Ram, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitterblitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Edel, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Lola Folk, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.